This is the Kineo Equipping Podcast. All right, so we'll go ahead and get started. Um, <clears throat> I, I'll just say right off the bat, I was uh, very optimistic when I set up the round tables again, because um, I'll just be honest, I set up the tables this morning and finished my notes this afternoon. So as, as the notes kept growing, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, I don't know if I did the appropriate tables for this. So um, we'll see if we get into uh, your group. So I mean, this, whatever it is, you're not gonna have to move. This isn't like teaching group specific, okay? Um, what I do have, I'll pass it out later. We'll, we'll see if this is a, an at-the-table exercise or if this is a, like, if you want to do this on your own time exercise. So last week, we, uh, we finished up the first half. So we're in week four here. So we're over halfway through. So congratulations on and still being here. How about that, huh? Um, so first half of the class, we were talking mainly Hermeneutics, so observation, interpretation, application, at least a real, like I said, and, and the reason why I keep saying this is, uh, is hopefully to instill within you a curiosity to like pursue more, like for you to not think, oh, I had a week on observation, a week on interpretation, a week on application, that, that's good. It's like, okay, fine, that's fine, but there's, there's whole libraries full of each one that, that is great and, and we should be interested in. Um, so we talked about application last week, uh, particularly the thing that I wanted us to take away from, from talking about application was that, uh, was that quote, that ultimately God is more interested in developing messengers than messages, and because the Holy Spirit confronts us primarily through the Bible, we must learn to listen to God before, before speaking for God. So the main, like if you could only remember one thing from last week, it's like the text that you're uh, studying and preparing has to first affect you and like touch you deeply, you know, before you try to do anything and communicating that to anyone else uh, and then expect that it would somehow like touch them deeply if it hasn't actually affected you at all. Um, so we talked about that. Uh, and, and I'm trying to think through here. Um, there's a few different directions I could go on this. Uh, so as we, as we turn the corner, going from hermeneutics to a real rudimentary kind of layout of homiletics, which is uh, simply like, how do, you, how do you prepare to teach? How do you prepare a message? How do you prepare a sermon? How do you prepare a class? Uh, the format may look a little, the way I prepare for tonight is different than the way that I prepare for, uh, for a message. So there, there are some differences there, but... Um, but we're turning the corner for this week and the next two weeks to, to talk about how, how do we organize our thoughts in such a way that we take what we've, what we've learned and what we've mined out and all this stuff, and how do, we, how do we organize it in such a way that is faithful to the text and makes sense? Uh, and not just makes sense from a lecture standpoint, and we'll, and we'll kind of get there a little bit tonight and then particularly in the last week. Um, but how does it make sense in a way that... that can like actually move people, right? And, and I'll try to define that a little bit because, and we were kind of talking about this before, uh, it can be easy, again, like we said before, like if, if you have a certain kind of personality, it can be really easy to just lean on your own personality and you can move people's emotions however you want. I mean, dang, like, like leading music, hello, like, 
we, we, call the, we call the keyboard the Holy Spirit for a reason, right? Where it's like, okay, just lay down that synth pad and then you transition. It's like, you can get really manipulative if you want. Um, and the same thing can happen with teaching and with preaching. Um, I love this quote from, uh, from Tim Keller. This is, in, this is in Tim Keller's book, creatively titled Preaching. So if you like Keller and you like this kind of topic, that book's fantastic. Uh, but he says this. He says, this is how, uh, <laughs> yeah, th- there's context here, but just follow, follow me here. This is how to deliver not just an, an informative lecture, but a life-changing sermon. It's not merely to talk about Christ, but to show him, to demonstrate his greatness and to reveal him as worthy of praise and adoration. If we do that, the spirit will help us because that is his great mission in the world. And so um, one of the things that, that we'll talk about in the last week as far as like as, as it relates to compelling communication uh, is, that, is that you can give an organized uh, and informative lecture that's faithful to the text and faithful um, and accurate to your interpretation and, and possibly applications that are uh, applicable to people today. But if you don't speak in a way that demonstrates the great truth that you're expounding, it'll all fall flat. Like there's a difference between giving a lecture and uh, we'll call it preaching. We we're talking about what's the difference between teaching and preaching. And, and I think it's something like this. It's not quite this. It's, this is a, uh, an inadequate explanation that like there, there seems to be in, in preaching in particular uh, or, or in, any, in any context that we get up and, uh, and we've, we've gone through this process and we want to then like present the message that we've seen in the text, whatever context that means. Uh, there seems to be an emotive element to this. Like there seems to be something where we're not, we're not just seeking to touch the mind, which isn't wrong. Like, well, and that may be a little bit more of a bent to teaching and there's a lot of things we could say about that, but there, there seems to be in there something about like, like, moving both the mind and the affections, right? And so I love the way that Piper put it. Um, and I'll actually send this, uh, this whole message out to you. Um, Piper did an amazing message. On, uh, he preached an amazing sermon on preaching. It was, it was so worshipful. Um, but one of the things that he said was that the devil can do exposition. The devil could... It could take your text that you're like studying for this class and he could exegete it and interpret it way better than you can. Like let that sink in. It's like sometimes we can think that the devil's kind of an idiot, right? Like he's just trying to get us to go against God. It's like, no, the devil, like Satan is actually, he, Satan knows more about God than we do. So he could get up and he could exegete. He can do exposition, but the thing that, the thing that the devil can't do is delight in God through what he sees in the scriptures. Like there is an element of delight and adoration and, and there's an, he's not gonna call you to repentance either, right? Because he wants you to just stay like in your totally depraved state. But the devil can do exposition. So there's something about if, if we just, if we're only aiming to like just get it right, which is a right thing. Like if we're only aiming to be like, what does this text say? What does this text mean? Like if we're only trying to get the, the intellectual part of it, for lack of a better term, right, uh, we could miss another section where it's like if, if, if we teach and preach, however those things kind of 
delineate themselves out, if we do that in a way that, that the devil himself could do it, like we've missed something here, right? And so that's why it's so important that as we, that as we uh, turn the corner here in talking about homiletics, that, that we, we stand on the structure of the hermeneutics that we've talked about, but we don't let it just end there, right? Uh, that we actually let it then inform, again, like, inform our own emotions, inform our own thoughts, inform our own actions, like that we would repent when the text is calling us to repent, like that God would form us into messengers first, uh, that, that God would form the messenger before uh, we're seeking to form a message for somebody else. That's why that's important, because the devil doesn't do that. Like the devil doesn't, doesn't study a text and try to apply it to his life, right? And then turn around and call other people to apply that glorious God-given truth to their lives. Like, he doesn't do that. So we've got to, uh, we've got to structure ourselves in such a way um, that, that that can be made clear and that, again, we demonstrate the great truths that we're expounding, all right? So what we're talking about tonight is the big idea. And I'm going to use big idea and through line synonymously. So the big idea or the through line. And uh, simply what that is, is, is organizing our thoughts into a cohesive unit by developing like a, a, one, a one sentence, like a one big idea sentence. Uh, and here's how, uh, this, this might have been in your reading. Um, I, I think I stole this from what you already read. Uh, J.H. Jowett said, I have a conviction that no sermon is ready for preaching, not ready for writing out until we can express its theme in a short, pregnant sentence as clear as crystal. Like that you can see he was trying to apply his own, uh, his own methodology even to this, right? Like the, the words were kind of evocative. It's, it's memorable, like a short, pregnant sentence as clear as crystal, right? And so what we want to do... Uh, so, okay, here, here we go. The big idea or through line, that's what we're talking about. So what is, what is this through line? What is the big idea? What is this one sentence and what is its purpose? And why is it important that we take the time to develop this? Well, first, it's a sentence that acts as a cord or rope that helps you connect your points throughout the message. Taking the time, and, and we'll talk about how to, how to do this. And, and I'll be honest, like some of this stuff um, uh, I, how would I say it? Some of these things that, that we'll talk about tonight, I apply more strictly at sometimes and less strictly at others. Whether that makes me right or wrong, I don't know. But I think at least when we're beginning to, to learn how to craft messages, it's, it's, good to, it's good to know the rules before you break them, right? Like you at least want to know the rules because then when you break them, you're doing it for a purpose, and not just like out of ignorance, right? So it's a sentence that acts as a cord or a rope that helps you connect your points throughout the message. It serves as, it serves as a sort of plumb line, right? Like, like we've got all of, these, all, of these, uh, all these things that we've studied. We've got all these observations. We've got all these thoughts. We've got th this big mass of stuff. Now, now like how do, we, how do we know how to... Um, prioritize any of it, right? Like some, something that could happen, and we talked about this a little bit, I think I have a slide in here somewhere, uh, where we were talking about the, the overly intellectual approach. Like you've got so many things, it's easy to view 
your message is just this kind of like container for it, right? And it's like, like crafting this through line will help you know how to prioritize all of your observations. Because if we're just indiscriminate with our observations and we try to cram everything in there, like, good, you, good luck. I mean, it's going to be so bouncing all over the place. There's going to be no, like, cohesion to it. It's not going to connect. It's, it's just going to be a mess, right? And so this through line is going to help us, like, working through crafting this through line is going to help us, like, take everything that we have and go, what about this, like, supports that? Like, what about this best communicates that or an element of that that I can clearly connect to that. Like, it's kind of like your home base. Like, that's the question that you're asking. You're just kind of like comparing everything to that plumb line where it's like, that, that's where I'm going. Like, that's the thing I want people to walk away with. And like, does this support that? Or is this just an interesting observation that I found that isn't wrong and it isn't bad and it could be helpful in some way, but is it, it kind of like when we were talking last week about the rungs on the ladder, like how, how close or far away is, is this point to the main point, right? And if it's far, far away and you gotta be reaching for it or, or you're constantly like pulling the bus over to go off on a tangent, like you, it's not gonna be, you only have so much time, right? And that's the thing that we end up uh, coming to it at the end of our preparation often is like, I have 35 minutes, I have 20 minutes or whatever time you have. Uh, what do I cut out? That's the big question. You're, you're, all, you're never gonna be like, oh, I've gotta add, I've just gotta fill time. It's like, nope, you're always gonna be cutting out. And so how do you determine what to cut out? Go back to your through line and, and say, okay, what best supports this and cut out the rest? And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how to discern that. So the through line, uh, it's the precise idea from the text that you want to build into your listeners. Basically, it helps us answer the question, what's the one thing I want people to walk away understanding? What's the one thing I want people to walk away understanding? Um, I, think it was, uh, I think it was Piper. I'm a Piper fanboy at the end of the day. I try not to be, but I am, so... I'm gonna be really sad when he dies. Like, when Mr. Rogers died, I was like, something like happened. It, it was weird. It was like a weird emotional response. I'm like, oh my gosh, Mr. Rogers. Like, John Piper, I think, will be the same way. <laughs> like, oh my word. R.C. Sproul, I wasn't too bent out of shape about. I love R.C. Sproul, though. Anyways, um, sorry. Now I'm just thinking about R.C. Sproul. <laughs> um, no, sorry, here we go. This is where that came from. This is my through line. This is why I need a through line for this. See? Um, so Piper said, pe- people don't remember sermons, they remember sentences. People don't remember sermons. Like, like you think back to the sermons that have most affected you. you. You can't tell me all of the 30 minutes. Right? I don't care how great recap was at the Salt Conference. I don't care. Like, you remember like 2% of what he said, 2%. And it was those memorable sentences that like landed and hit you, right? And we'll talk a little bit in the compelling communication part about like there, there's an economy to your messages. There's a dynamic economy uh, to messages where, where you want to attach like your weightiest sentences with your biggest points, which is why what 
say recap or say insert whatever teacher, preacher you want to add, like that person has most affected me, it's because likely what they did was they connected their most weighty sentences with their biggest points. And so the reason you remember the message about that is because you actually remember some very particular sentences about that message. And which is, which is what makes the through line such a big deal because like the through line is like the big main, like, like giant flashing sign of what this text is, right? And so that helps you know like, okay, I need to, I need to make my money sentences after that, like be, be best friends with this thing. Because if it's not, they're gonna remember something about the message that, that had very little to do with the main point of the text, right? Which is where a through line also needs to come from. And we'll talk about how to craft that again. So the through line acts as guardrails, keeping you on the path as, you're, as you take your listeners on a journey to the main point of the text. Let's see here. Oh, here we go. So it acts as guardrails, keeping you on the path as you take your listeners on a journey to the main point of the text. So at, as a teacher, or as a preacher, however you want to define those, uh, you, suffer, you and I suffer from the curse of knowledge. You and I, have, we've prayed, we've studied, we've read, we've prayed, we've discussed, we've studied, we've read, we've written, we've rewritten, we've done all this work. And on a scale of one to 10, and knowing like about what you're talking about, you're at a 10. Like you, like you, it, at least it's all in here. Whether or not it's clear on paper, or clear like as it comes out, that's not the thing. But in your head, it's a 10, like you're there. Everybody who walks in or everybody in the context that you're in, they're at a one. Like to, to a degree, you gotta kind of act like they're coming in like very baseline little, like they don't care about it as much as you do because they don't, they haven't spent as much time. I mean, we've done this in conversations, right? Where it's like, I'll, I'll like basically give Sarah the conclusion to my premise and then expect her to be as excited about it as I am. But it's like, I've spent a week thinking about this and you just heard it. You've had 10 seconds to process this. Like, I can't expect you to be in the same place that I am. So what we've got to do is we've got to come back to where people are at and take them on the journey to where to where we got, you know, show them from the text, kind of like we talked about in, uh, in, in exposition, like show them from the text where you got what you're saying and take them on that journey, like to where you got your through line, basically. Um, you don't always have to say your through line, but again, it serves as that, as that litmus test. Like, where am I taking people? That, that's kind of, it's like, it's almost like your finish line. That's not to say it's at the end of your message all the time, but it is like, what's the main destination that I want to take people. I want to take them to this sentence. And if they only remembered one thing walking out, I'd feel, I'd feel great and to be faithful to the text if that one thing was this, right? So it helps you discern, uh, here we go. It helps you discern what to say and what not to say, what to keep and what to throw away. We kind of talked about that already. And those without a clear focus of what they're trying to say will end up saying everything that comes to mind. Right, and that that's a that comes a little bit from observations. Uh, you end up pulling from all of your observations and just talking about interesting facts that were uh, that you liked. Uh, or what what can happen is uh, is if you're not vigilant to keep yourself on the path that your through line has created guardrails for, um, 
you can end up, even in the moment, it can be easy to do this, even in the moment as you're reading, as you're reading the people you're talking to, uh, you can just end up going on your own, like in the moment, like you haven't even planned it, but it's just kind of like, that didn't seem to get a response, so I'll go this way, you know? It's like, nope, the, these, these guardrails are really high walls, right? Like we have to constrain ourselves to stay within those, within those guardrails. So, um, and, and this was a little bit of when we talked about two weeks ago, uh, the two dangers of, uh, of avoiding uh, exegesis done in isolation. You got the overly intellectual or the merely imperative. This is what I was talking about when it's like you take everything you found, throw it all in the bucket of the message, and it's not connected. The through line's gonna help us with that. It serves as a litmus test there. So, um, the through line also, uh, this is all like, tr- I'm trying to convince you why this is important. Maybe you're like, got it, it's important, I trust you, great. That, that won't be enough, because when you're actually studying it, you're gonna really wanna cut corners in this, because it, it's actually hard to like develop this and to train your mind to think this way. So, uh, you, you agree with me, I want you to, to agree with me, uh, not because I said it, but because you actually believe it. That's why I'm talking about this so much. So the through line helps bring a level of focus and precision that's necessary for powerful teaching. And this is why, uh, I'll say that again, it brings a level of precision and focus that is necessary for powerful teaching, preaching. Precision and focus. Like, and this is why the 20-minute the limit on, on the, the messages at the end of this, right? Part of it, sure, was arbitrary because I'm like, 20 minutes, an hour is 60 minutes, three an hour, easy. Like, there was a math thing there. But there was also, like, it takes, well, here we go. This is from President Woodrow Wilson. If it's a 10-minute speech, it takes me all of two weeks to prepare it. If it's half an hour speech, it takes me a week. If I can talk as long as I want to, if I, if I talk as long as I want to, it requires no preparation at all. I'm ready right now. Like, I think sometimes uh, it's, it's easy to think that it's, uh, that it's harder to talk longer when it's not at all. Like, it is, e- we, we can fill space. Like, humans in general, if you have any level of like, if you've been socialized somewhat in any way as a child, like you can fill space, like you can read faces and you can, you can fill it. You can, we can filibuster our way all night if we need to, right? Like it is really easy to talk as long as you want. It's really hard to give a short message. Like short messages are way harder to give than long messages because you have to have a level of precision and focus that uh, that's just absolutely necessary. And that it makes every word more important. It makes you sift through it. It makes every phrase more important. I'm, I'm not trying to like like push us into overthinking things, um, but a little, right? Because like because we've got we we have people's time. We have people's attention. Like it matters what we say, and we can't just be like filling air with our own thoughts. Like we have to put in the time to let there be a precision there. So. Um, some do's and don'ts here, and then, and then we'll get into some practical things. I'm like, I've been talking a lot about the through line. You're like, great, how the, how the heck do I even begin to form that, right? We'll get there. So don't try to hit every possible topic by condensing everything to make it shorter. For example, like if, if, you, if you get a text, and, and none of your texts are like this, 
Um, but if let's let's say you're 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 looking at a text or you're teaching a text that's got forty verses, right? And it's like, and there's you know six sections. Let's just say I don't have a particular text in mind. It could be easy to feel like, well, I've got to I've got to I've got to teach the point from every verse, you know? And it's like no, like teach the point of the text like as a whole, right? And that's gonna mean that you're gonna have to make some choices, right? Like, make, you're going to have to maybe make some choices as, as far as, like, um, this is important, but if I zoom out and look at the text as a whole, this is kind of the main thing. I mean, there's sub-things, but this is the main thing. And so I've got to keep, you know, I've got, I've got to keep it in that. And what you, what you can try to do is you can look at your time and go, okay, well, I've only got this much time, so I'm just going to, like, like, rob Peter to pay Paul. Is that kind of how that phrase goes? You know, it's like, I'm just going to take attention and time and focus, you know, from everything and try to distribute it evenly. Like, I'm going to try to talk about everything with, with equal length. It's like, no, you're going to do an, do an injustice to all of it if you try to talk about all of it equally. It's, I had a friend who uh, we were talking about something like this, and he was like, he's like yeah, it's kind of like when you, when you only have a certain amount of peanut butter, but you try to, like, spread it, like, you try to, like, get it on all the bread, but you end up spreading it so thin that you can't even taste it anymore, right? Like, like that, that's, what, that's what we're dealing with here. I like food analogies, so that kind of resonated with me. I know it did you too, so, yeah. Right, it's the worst. Like, if we, if we take, like, all of it and, and just try to, like, distribute it evenly and because we want to hit everything, it's like, well, you're going to lose the potency there. So don't do that. Saying anything worth listening to takes time. And show why what you're saying matters and how it affects our lives today. Like anything worth, worth listening to, it's going to take some time to develop your main thought. And that's fine. Like, and so don't, don't try to steal, don't, don't, uh, don't give that time away. Like don't, don't give the time of your main point away to developing lesser thoughts, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, like be, be kind of like a mama bear about that main topic, the main, the main point of the text. And then whatever doesn't directly support that, it's like, maybe that'll make it, maybe that won't. You know, uh, I, I can't remember who said, but it was like, like, when you get to the end of preparing, like, you got to kind of kill your darlings sometimes, where it's like, I really wanted to say this. I really wanted to talk about this. I really wanted to use this illustration. I really wanted to go this direction, but it doesn't support the main point of the text. I got to cut it. But like, uh, preparing for Good Friday, uh, last Good Friday is this Friday, but I was preparing for it last week. Um, there was a there was an illustration that I wanted to use talking about the um, the, the human condition that we're all uh, that we're all fighting the clock essentially. Like we're all slowly dying, right? Like if you buy people roses, you bought them dead flowers. Like they're dead. They look alive. They're dead. They're slowly dying. That's us, right? I had this. I had this. What I thought, and I still think it's good. I'll probably use it at some point. Like I had this illustration of like uh, we're like Captain Hook, right? Where like he's the reason he's running away from the crocodile is because the crocodile represents time. That's why its name is TikTok, right? And like all this stuff. And I, I eventually I ended up developing this analogy so much that it took up so much dang time. I had like a page and a half trying to develop. I was just trying to say one thing. But I had, it was an illustration that I got really excited about. And like I got done writing and I was like, that's, I've got 30 minutes and that's eight of them. 
you know, what, that's like a third of my message-ish. Like, I can't do it, so I just delete. Like, no, that's got to go on the, that's got to fall on the floor. Like, maybe, maybe, like, there's like a message salvage yard somewhere that maybe I'll go back and get that for something else. Like, I don't know. I was like, it doesn't serve the point here, so I got to let it go. We're going to have to do that uh, if we want to say something worth listening to. That, that's the trade-off, right? Like, when you say yes to talking about everything, you're saying no to people actually remembering what you said, just so you know. All right. So, okay, so do slash back the range of things you could say to a single connected through line that can uh, be properly developed. Uh, it's the wrong question to ask, how much can I say in 20 minutes? Instead, instead ask, how much can I say in a meaningful way in 20 minutes? Those are two different things. Don't just ask, how much can I say? Like, this isn't a contest either. And this, this is hard, too, because there are going to be some texts where you're like, I wish I could talk about all of this, you know? And at that point, I, I kind of default. I'm like, my life is as long as the Lord's going to give me. And if I get a chance to, to teach on these other things that are important, great. If not, that's his sovereignty. I'm going to stick with the main point right now. All right. Uh, maybe this goes without saying, but I'll say it. The main point of your through line must be rooted in the main point of the text. Uh, it can't, again, it, you can't be the inebriated guy on the lamppost. All right, so the part that was maybe the most confusing um, about your reading was, uh, was the subject complement part. Uh, because that, I'll say maybe, maybe it wasn't confusing. It was the most confusing for me. When I first read it, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this makes no sense, Haddon Robinson. And if you ever get a chance to listen to Haddon Robinson, he's like a 1,000 years old. And he, he's, he's an interesting dude, man. Uh, so the subject, hopefully this will make sense the more we talk about it. The subject basically is answering the question, what am I talking about? And the subject is the question that arises from the text you're looking at. What am I talking about? Uh, you, you could pose it maybe, uh, uh, what, what question is this text, uh, what, what question does this text answer? Something like that. And then the complement is what am I saying about what I'm talking about? And the complement is the answer to the question. So if you're trying to find the question that the, that the, that the text seems to be answering, then the complement is, is, is the way that the text answers that. That's probably the most simple way to put it, right? Um, so here's what we'll do. We, we've got a little bit of time. Uh, what I want to do, I'm going to do this in a little bit of a different order here. Uh, maybe I won't. So I've got, and th this isn't um, teaching group specific, so but you get one. And our three-hole puncher in the office is terrible. So... Uh, 
those holes like took some work, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I think I have enough. There you go. Uh, I might need one. Thank you. Okay. Okay, so what I want to do is I kind of want to show you how this looks. And this really is like this. Whoop. This takes training your brain, okay? Like it, it's we we don't at least I don't naturally think this way when I read something. Like so, it really is something switches. I don't know how it works. Something switches where this becomes easier. So just trust me, if you're totally confused, like I'm totally with you, and and it will get better if you actually practice it. All right, so. Um, James chapter 5, uh, verses 13 through 20. So this is just an example of, of how you could approach trying to figure out the subject and the complement. And then, um, yeah, and then, uh, then I'll talk about how to combine them to make the through line, but we'll get there. So, okay, James 5, 13 through 20. If anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. If anyone, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power uh, as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three, three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. So that's the text you've been given to teach, hypothetically. So here, uh, would you rather I put up the points that I'm going to say, like how to do this, or would you rather uh, still have the text? I'll give you the points, and then I'll go back. All right. So number one, identify the general topic of the passage in a single word. So as, this is going to be way faster than it actually takes, all right, because I already did this. So the, the main the general topic of the passage in a single word is prayer. That's, that's like the most often occurring word. It's the thing that's always being talked about. It's the reason why he's talking, right? So the single topic of the passage in a single word, prayer. Got it, okay. Number two, use a phrase to define the topic more precisely. So, my single word, this passage is about prayer. Okay, how do I define this topic more precisely? Okay, well, I read through the text, 
again, uh, you're, you're reading through your text like a thousand times while you're doing this, okay? All right. Prayer is powerful and useful in any situation. There. That's a phrase to define the topic more because we're given a variety of situations. It, it's the, the power of it is highlighted in verse 16 and it's useful. It's powerful and useful in any situation. Okay. Again, this, this is like times 10 speed that we're doing this at right now. So number three, identify the question behind the passage which focuses on an area of human need. All right, now, let, again, this is against the backdrop of, of, our, of our interpretive journey, of our exegetical work, okay? You could, if you wanted to, just jump straight to this and, and make it a totally man-centered approach, right? That's the danger in neglecting the exegetical work. Again, like we talked about last week, what it, first answer the question, like, what does this show me about God? And then, what, is, what does this show me about people? We're doing all this against that backdrop. All right. Uh, identify the question behind the passage which focuses on an area of human need. So identify the question, all right? And, and we're gonna use this uh, to help develop our subject here. All right, so when a person is in great need, what is the most appropriate and effective response? Uh, 13, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. And it talks about the effectiveness of prayer. Then it talks about Elijah's situation. And then verse 19, my brothers, if anyone, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, like when a person is in great need, what's the most appropriate and effective response? That's, that's the general situation that's being laid out here in James, situations of need, generally. And what's the most appropriate response? All right. So now we're going to use this question as the basis of our subject. Yeah. How is it a question? Or am I like totally just losing it? Yeah, it's the, um, the question is, what is the most appropriate and effective response? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so. But is that specific to this text or you're asking? This text, yeah. So, so I'm looking at this text. I'm going, okay, what is the question uh, that focuses on an area of human need? Okay. So, to a degree, yeah. So, so part, so, so identify, yeah, yeah. So identifying the general topic is helpful in this, right? Because the answer is prayer. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because you do. Yep. Yep. And, and hopefully, as as we get to the complement and put them together, you'll see kind of how that works. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're not trying to pretend like you don't know the answer, right? Like, but you are trying to go through the process of like like if you can't force yourself to go through the process to figure out how you got there, you're not going to be able to show other people. Like, go through that process, show them how you got there either, right? So, I'll, the question, yep. When a person is in great need, what's the most appropriate and effective response? 
I'm not asking you that question. Like, I'm looking at, I'm identifying the question behind the passage that focuses on an area of human need. All right, so there's my question. Again, this is, it takes time to train our brains here. So, so number four, use this question as the basis of your subject, okay? Now, some, some, this is my own kind of answers to these questions, all right? So th- there is some similarity in these steps. So if number three is, what is uh, when a person is in great need, what's the most appropriate and effective response? Uh, using this question as a basis for my subject. Basically, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to take that and I'm just trying to condense it. Like, in this whole process, we're just trying to, like, put it in its most simple form here. So uh, the fourth step, what's the best and most effective action one can do in any situation? What's the best and most effective action one can do in any situation? That was, that was my summary of the first of the question in step three. All right. So now we're moving on to figure out our complement. So we figure out our question. What is the best and most effective action one can do in any situation? So now we're identifying the divine solution to the problem. What's the divine solution? To, and this is where it's like, okay, I, I, th- I think I've got the answer to these questions, but we've got to do the work to develop the question precisely, right? So identify the divine solution to the problem behind the passage. Okay, back to our passage. So what's the divine solution to the problem behind the passage? So, so as I read through it, okay. So the best and most effective action one can do in any situation, what's the solution being offered in every one of these situations? So the Lord has graciously given people the ability to come to him in prayer for any, situ- for any need or situation. The Lord has graciously given people the ability to come to him in prayer for any need or situation. The ability to come to the Lord in prayer is a gift. He's graciously given us the ability to come to him in prayer. So that's the solution. Let me see here real quick. Yep, that's the solution. So what we're going to do is we're going to use this solution as the basis for our complement. So essentially, we're just condensing it now. Again, trying to get it to its simplest form. So if step five, the Lord has graciously given people the ability to come to him in prayer for any need or situation, the way that I've condensed that down, made it a little bit more, made it a simpler sentence, prayer is the greatest and most, and most effective response to any situation. So we've got, our, we've got our subject. What's the, what is the best and most effective action one can do in any situation? We've got our complement. Prayer is the greatest and most effective response in any situation. What's the best and most effective action? Prayer. It's the most effective one. Yeah.
sure, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I think we get to that a little bit in, um, uh, possibly in the, in the outlining portion next week, but uh, it's a great question because one of the things you can do, and again, as we're crafting, it's, it depends on the situation, right? But as we're crafting these, there is a subjective nature that there, there's an artistry to it, kind of. Like, like what, what's the best way to communicate this? Sometimes it is to basically just take your subject, like the question, um, and it either just like, like flat out state it. Like some people might want like uh, a, a question a lot of people have about this is this, and you just, you just straight up say it. Another way you could do it is you could try to think of an illustration that illustrates the tension of the question, right? So, but again, you're kind of posing the question. You're kind of setting it up. Um, and then you can spend the rest of your time like showing the divine solution from the text. Like you could do that. Uh, other times, and Piper does this a lot, again, fanboying a little bit, like he'll just like, uh, a lot of times, like if you listen to a lot of Piper, what you'll see a lot is like he'll, he'll give you his, his big idea at the front, like, which is basically, and, and we'll combine the subject and the compliment to create that through line. He'll, he'll just give you the whole thing. It like, he'll just spoil it for you. And then he'll back up and show you how he got there, right? That's generally, and I don't know if, I don't know if I'm trying to rip him off in this. It works for my brain because I really love the way that he basically like just gives you everything and then, and then it's like, okay, let's, let's rewind here. And I want to show you how I got that. Like, I love that. Because part of it is like teaching people how to study their Bibles too. You know, if they already have the answer, they're not so concerned. Like uh, the, 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 the anticipation or the, the tension or the emotion, like this kind of like dramatic, the dramatic nature of it goes away. Uh, so that distraction sometimes in, in my view, like, can be helpful in them, like, understanding how you got there because they don't have this, like, tension that they're trying to manage, you know. Again, it, it depends on the message, and, like, there, there, really, there really is an artistry to it, you know. And that, that can be the fun part, too, because it's like, do I want to have attention, or do I, do I, do I just want to, like, present it and relieve it and then show us how we got there kind of thing? Um, that's a good question, though, yeah. So we're going to combine the subject and the compliment into a single sentence, okay? So if the subject is, uh, what is the best and most effective action one can do in any, any situation? The compliment is prayer is the greatest and most effective response to any situation. We combine those to the most appropriate and effective response in times of need or celebration is prayer. The most effective response to any situation or the most appropriate response to any situation is prayer. You basically combined the question and the answer and put them together. And then the last step, and I don't know if I did this well, so we'll see if, I, I don't think I did. If I would have spent more time on it, uh, it, it could have been better. Uh, make the sentence as memorable and possible, as possible. And essentially, at this point, you're just you're like you're trying to think of those uh, those pregnant and crystal clear words that are that are quote earlier said like like trying to think of a way to make it memorable. A lot of times that uh, it's helpful to use imagery, evocative language. Sometimes uh, 
Sometimes being provocative can help. I, I don't, it can be distracting too, so you gotta be careful with that. Um, so making the sentence as memorable as possible. So this was my combination. The most appropriate and effective response in times of need or celebration is prayer. And this was, this was my memorable part. I don't know if it's great, we'll see. Prayer is a powerful weapon and effective tool in the hands of those in great need or joyful celebration. Prayer is a powerful weapon and effective tool in the, in the hands of those in great need or joyful celebration. Just trying to add some imagery, some, uh, some active language, weapon, tool, like, like it's useful there, like trying to get to the usefulness nature of it, uh, the effective, the cutting, like it, it's powerful, there's a, pow- like, there's a power to it. When we think of weapons, we think of something you know, explosive, uh, has an impact kind of thing. So. so, with that being said, at your tables, we've got 10 minutes and 10 seconds here. Take your, um, the sheet that I handed out, and what I want you to do is I want you to try to do like, if you could only do the first one, great. If you're just like a master Yoda at this, try to do the second one, all right? And then in like seven minutes, I'll come back and I'll at least give you my answers on this and we'll see kind of how close we got. This is just trying to train your mind. You're not trying to combine them. You're not trying to do anything except to just get your subject, get your compliment, I'll go back to, oh, I don't have those on the same page, I guess. Yeah. So try it out. With this phrase, think of the question that it's, that uh, the question that arises from this sentence and then the answer to that question. And feel free to like uh, try to get someone else at your table to do your work for you. So feel free to discuss. I know that's what group projects are. That's just what it is. <laughs> okay. All right. Number one. Number one. I'm not going to go around because. If we're being if we're being honest here, there's no like there's no like precisely right answer, okay? But I, I want to at least help you begin to calibrate and train your minds in this. So, number one, a good sermon leaves you wondering how the preacher knew all about you. So the subject could could simply be what makes a good sermon. What makes a good sermon? A good sermon leaves you wondering how the preacher knew all about you. So what's the question that, that kind of arises from that? What makes a good sermon? The compliment could be, could be, it doesn't have to be precisely this, but it could be, it speaks directly to who you are. A good sermon leaves you wondering how the preacher knew all about you. What makes a good sermon? It speaks directly to who you are. Okay, I'll do, uh, let's, <laughs> let's do number two. I'll do number two. Um, 
So the young have lots of time and few memories, while the elderly have lots of memories and little time. Now, here's an example, and often this isn't, you don't only get sentences to do this, but here's an example where my subject and or complement are actually longer than the sentence itself. Um, so, the young have lots of time and few memories, while the elderly have lots of memories and little time. What question arises from this? Could be something like this. How do young and old differ in their experiences of memories? How do they differ? There seems to be a compare and contrast here. So how do they differ? That could be the question. The compliment, and this one's longer than the sentence itself. So how do they differ in their experience of memories? The young have few, though they have a lot of time to make more, while the old have many and have little time to make more. Something like that. How do they differ? The young have, don't have a lot, but they've got, more t- they've got a lot of time to make more. The old have a lot, but they don't have a whole lot of time left. That's how they differ. Again, it doesn't have to be precisely that, but to, it, it is a struggle to simplify it. That, that's what this is showing, right? When you look at a sentence, it, we just want to like overcomplicate it. Now, here's a little bit of a spoiler for you. So the rest of these, and actually quite a few more, uh, are, are on and the answers to them are in your biblical preaching book. So pages 185 to 187 has this exercise in it. That's exactly where I got this from, right? So if you want to do not only, not only the ones you didn't get to, but actually quite a few more, 185 through 187 in your book uh, will have this, this, the, the sentence, and then it'll have a suggested like subject and complement. So you can kind of try it out and see how close you got, okay? Um, I was gonna send you mine, but it's like, he wrote, he wrote them, so like his answers will be better than mine. So f- feel free, as you're kind of like trying to train your brain to know how to do this, uh, look in the back of your book. So next week, what we're gonna do, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't have a slide for it. Um, we're gonna look at like, like developing outlines and illustrations, okay? So... So essentially, how, we're, how are we going to now take our through line, all the work that we've done with our text, and how are we going to develop some sort of a, of a structure, and then how are we going to think through how to illustrate at different points in that to communicate effectively. And then the last week, just a little teaser, Jordan Perhoto will be joining us, uh, and we'll kind of like co-teach some different, um, I call it compelling communication. That felt kind of, I don't know, weird, because it's like... I, we're all, we're all good at different things. That's why I wanted a different voice. Jordan's different than me, and, and he speaks in compelling ways that are different than I speak. So, yeah, so we'll talk about that. That'll be the last week. So if you don't like me as much, Jordan will be here, and he's fantastic. So, yeah. Yes? Just to clarify, we do have podcasts from time to time. Yes. Yep. Now, that being said, the, so the podcast from last week, that's going to get re-recorded. We had a technical thing. Assuming that, that our our proposed fix works. This will be up, and the class from next week will be up. So if you're like home for Easter or whatever, fine. Like the podcast will be up. I'll send out the materials. Uh, one quick thing. So at the end of this class on the 29th, 30th, and 1st from 6 to 9, uh, that, that's kind of our, our slotted time. You don't need to be here for th- nine hours, right? Like 
You don't need to be here for three hours, right? I put a, I put a sheet in the back with the different time slots for each night. Uh, whatever time slot works for you, and you can arm wrestle over it. I don't care, like, how it works out. Like, just put your name there. Literally, if you, if you just sign up for your time slot and you, and you come that night, like, 15 minutes early, you can come and stay as long as you want. Like, but as long as you're here 15 minutes early in case we're fast or slow, whatever, um, and then you can teach, and then, and then you don't have to stick around. Like, that's fine. I would encourage you, though, like, like invite your connection group, invite people that you know, like friends, whatever. Like, it, it might be weird if, like, I'm the only one sitting in the middle of the room, you know, just kind of like, like looking. I, I'll do it. I don't care. Like, it'll be more weird for you than it is for me, you know, so... Uh, so yeah, like invite people to come. We'll, we'll put out a general ask on social media for our church, you know, and like say, hey, we've got a, we've got this class, and they'll be teaching. Come listen to them. That'd be great. Uh, but it'll be a more effective ask if it comes from you guys than just a general video, you know. So again, that sheet is on the back, uh, and this is the pen for it. So. Oh, almost. All right, so, so sign up. Thank you. We'll see you next week.